What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. And today we are going over the Cleveland Browns, one of the teams that might possibly make a run and take a shot at the Chiefs in the postseason. Let's talk about the team. They added defensive end Jadeveon Clowney. That's one. Keep count with me. They added cornerback Greg Newsom in the first round of the NFL draft, a pick that I really liked. Two. They added safeties John Johnson and Troy Hill from the Rams. That's three and four. They are getting Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams, two secondary players from LSU, back from injury. That's five and six. They added Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa in the second round linebacker, somebody that if the Bucks didn't grab Trevon Merrick, I would have loved the Bucks to grab. He was also a pick I really, really liked from this team in Cleveland. That's seven, baby. That is seven, all on the defensive side of the ball. All seven of those players were not on the Cleveland Browns defense when they were in the playoffs and for most of the season. Most of those guys are all new. The only ones that weren't new are Grant Talpit and Greedy Williams. So you've got Five completely new, good, solid defenders added to that team. Two coming back from injury. That is a huge defensive improvement. And we're going to see it. We're going to see it. This is a sleeper team. A sleeper defense. Also, if you're looking for defenses late in drafts, keep your eye on the Browns. Because they are going to be that team that just surprises everyone, I think. And, and they could be that team that's just scoring a bunch on defense and everything. Because they're going to be super fresh. Because the Browns have one of the best offensive lines, the best running back duo in the game. They control the clock. They run the ball. Keep the defense fresh. The defense has a whole bunch of studs. And they've got really good depth. This defense is going to be popping. Just just letting you know. Now let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. They have Odell Beckham coming back. And they added Anthony Schwartz. Mm, My opinion on him is he's kind of Andy Isabella 2.0. But... The big key point is Odo Beckham returning. Let's talk about what PFF thinks about this team. First offensive line rank in the NFL for 2021 season. 11th ranked D-line, 27th ranked linebacking core, but 3rd ranked secondary. So that's, that's pretty top tier. And the biggest weakness is the linebackers. But I don't think that their defensive line and linebackers are as bad as PFF has them ranked. I would knock them both up a tiny bit. So I'm really liking this defense, really liking this defense. Their entire team is stacked. They probably have one of the more loaded NFL rosters. In terms of talent, they might be a top, ooh, man, they might be the second best roster outside of the quarterback position. Like if you're not just weighing quarterback as like super, super huge, then they're, they have a better roster than the Chiefs do. Absolutely. Their defense is so much better than the Chiefs, it's not even close. And for, their offensive line and running backs are too. The only thing the Chiefs have on them is the trio of Tyreek, Kelsey, and Mahomes. But every other position, 
pretty much, the Browns got them. So I would say the Browns might have the second best roster in the league. But they're a stacked team. They got way better depth this year. So watch out for these Browns. Let's look at the trends in the history. Last year, they ran exactly, pretty much exactly 50-50. It was like 50.4 and 49.6 or something. I round to the nearest hole. So 50-50 in run pass rate. And that's actually just what I expected. And that's, I think, almost exactly, if not exactly, what I projected for them last year. Because that's how Kevin Stefanski's offense was in Minnesota. And Minnesota had a decent, at the time, decent offensive line. But they had Dalvin Cook. They had Dalvin Cook, and they had a good defense. And then he comes over to Cleveland, who has a decent defense, just like Minnesota did and has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I was like, yeah, he's going to run the ball 50-50, just like he did in Minnesota. Sure enough, he did. And there's no reason for that to change. That's what I'm expecting this year, especially with the defense probably becoming elite and taking huge steps forward after like two, three weeks. They're going to be insane. That defensive improvement is going to help the offense get on the field more, which is going to raise the total place a bit. For the offense. At least that's how I see it. That's how I'm projecting it. I have them at 1,068 plays total. That's 538 passes, 530 runs. So just barely more passes, just like last year. But rounding to the nearest hole, it's 50 50. Baker Mayfield, I have him for 40 runs, 150 rushing yards, and a touchdown. And then out of his 538 passes, I think he'll be decent. But we need him to be better for fantasy purposes if you want him to be super relevant. Odell Beckham brings the questions here. He really does. Because for some reason, Baker Mayfield was better when Odell Beckham got hurt. Now, was it maybe Baker Mayfield felt pressure to force feed Odell Beckham and keep that diva superstar wide receiver happy? And so he was throwing him the ball when he shouldn't have been, and that's why he was worse. Was it a lack of timing between Odell Beckham and him, and they just didn't have the chemistry? And whatever the problem was, is it fixed this year? We don't know. We really don't. But I would assume that it's been fixed. And because of that, I project Baker to be slightly better than last year. He's also going to be playing with confidence. And Baker Mayfield is one of those quarterbacks that feeds off confidence. When he's not confident, he you can tell. And he does not play good. When he's confident and cocky and putting a flag in the middle of the field and dancing and chest bumping and all that good stuff, he's going off. And after a deep playoff run, I think he's going to be pretty confident in getting Odell back if Odell back if that problem from last year truly is fixed. He's going to also be more confident because of that. So playing with confidence and fixing the problems with Baker and Odell should bring Baker's efficiency up. I'm projecting 64 Percent completion rate, 11.9 yards per completion, and a 5.4 touchdown rate. All small upticks from last year. Now let's talk about the running backs. Nick Chubb is who we're going to start with. The running backs got 14.5% of the target share last year, but Odell Beckham returning probably brings this down a bit. I'm projecting 13.5% of the targets to go to the running back position. Most of those will go to Kareem Hunt. Last year, Kareem Hunt got 69% of the running back targets. Chubb, on the other hand, had 59% of the running back carries. So Kareem Hunt dominates the receiving portion between the running backs. Nick Chubb doesn't even dominate the carry portion of the running backs. Now, efficiency and talent, yeah, he does. 
but in terms of the actual numbers and what percentage of the volume he gets, not so much. And I see his 59% of the carries holding around the same area. We shouldn't expect many changes in the run game. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. It was extremely successful last year. Chubb is an elite runner. He's got great efficiency, but he lacks that receiving that we want for fantasy. He lacks the supreme uh, control over the volume in the carry department like a Derrick Henry, so that's why he can't really be up there with Derrick Henry because if he doesn't have receiving, he needs a Derrick Henry workload, and he doesn't have it. And despite him being super efficient, Derrick Henry is also super efficient. So it's very hard for me to see Nick Chubb being like a top five running back or anything like that. And that's that's pretty much the only difference really between him and Henry is the volume of carries. Otherwise, they're super similar. Chubb is also somebody that's super safe, unlike a lot of the running backs this year, which we've talked about so many times, so I won't get into detail. But Nick Chubb is one of those safer guys because if he stays healthy, he's good to go. He's good to go. He's in an offense that will give him the ball, give him some good red zone opportunities. And he does a lot with even when he gets a little bit of work, he does a lot with it. So his average yards per carry, his average yards per carry in his career, 5.2. Ridiculous. What's even more ridiculous is his lowest mark is 5.0, flat. His worst season is 5 yards per carry. And he's always good with touchdowns. I'm projecting 5.3 yards per carry. So Nick Chubb, definitely a good guy to have on your team. I just... It feels like he's always getting drafted a tiny bit too high. This might be the first year where he's close enough to where I have him ranked that I might actually end up with him on a team, but we'll see. We'll see. Kareem Hunt, on the other hand, he's a high upside backup. He's somebody I might be more likely to have on a team because he's somebody you can flex regularly because he does dominate that receiving work and he's well worth his ADP right now, but also because he is one of those guys, if Nick Chubb goes down, he's going to see an increase in workload, and that should help make him more consistent. He's got 192 projected carries for me to Nick Chubb's 288. He gets really good red zone usage because guess what? He's a dual threat running back. He can get the rushing or the receiving, and even when Nick Chubb is healthy, he gets a lot of touchdowns. Plus, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, guess what? They've got a green schedule, baby. They are set to go. So I like both of them, but Kareem Hunt is probably a little bit better of a value considering his ADP and his potential. So that's what we got on the running backs. You know, it's basically what they have been. There's nothing crazy difference to talk about. So that's why I'm kind of just burning through the running backs super quick. Wide receivers will spend a little bit more time. We'll start with Odell Beckham. In the seven games that Odell Beckham was healthy, he had a 25% target share. Baker, like I said, was clearly force-feeding him. I do not see that happening again, and because I don't see that happening again, I'm going to put Baker's or Odell's target share sorry, at 23% down from 25%. Also, Odell Beckham was not very efficient. In fact, it was his worst career season in terms of efficiency, lowest efficiency of his career last year. That should rise, especially if Baker only feeds him when he's open. Makes sense, right? He saw one-third of the touchdowns, so that's 33%. I'm dropping that to 27%. It's not realistic for a wide receiver to get 33% of the touchdowns when they're getting 23% of the targets. So I'm dropping that down to 27% of the touchdown share. He's a fine draft value, but it's only if you believe in his health and his ability to not cause drama. Odell Beckham, for some reason, 
Seems like there's always a problem. And if he thinks there's a problem, then he's going to tank your pick of him in drafts. Now, if you don't think that's going to be an issue and you're not worried about his health, then he is a pretty good value. And I do have him projected because obviously I'm not projecting off the field drama or anything like that or just star diva like I'm not getting enough. I want to request a trade, blah, blah, blah stuff. I don't project that. So projections wise, he's pretty good value in ADP. So if you're not worried about any of that stuff, then he should be a target of yours. Just know, though, that he does have a pretty tough wide receiver schedule. It's a red schedule. It's one of the hardest in the league. Jarvis Landry. With Odell Beckham on the field, he had a 19% target share. With Odell getting a decrease in target share due to my projection, it's part of the reason why I think Landry's going to gain some back. And I'm putting Jarvis Landry's target share from 19% to 21%. He was getting more yards per reception with Odell Beckham on the field. And it makes sense because he's going to see less attention. He's not the wide receiver one. He's the wide receiver two when Odell's on the field. And Odell, with his speed and athleticism and deep threat ability, also opens up the field for Jarvis. So, makes sense. Because of that, I'm going to raise Jarvis's efficiency from last year because that's how it was when Odell was healthy. I'm also not big on him in the touchdown category. He He's really never been a good touchdown guy. He's in like that 6-5 touchdown range for the three seasons he's been with the Browns. Actually, he had one that was like three or four. But he's an integral part of their pass game. It's just not enough volume or touchdown upside for me, for my liking in fantasy. But if you need like that dependable receiver, and considering how late he's being drafted, he's fine. And I, that's why I actually took him in a Scott Fishbowl, well, the Scott Fishbowl tournament draft as my wide receiver, I think three. I basically punted wide receiver. I went... Got my quarterback, I got my tight end, I got a whole bunch of running backs, and then I started drafting some receivers. Jarvis is going to be my wide receiver three, so I'm completely fine with that. I liked the floor value that he brings to that team for me because I feel like I I had upside at the quarterback position and had upside at the running back position, so I kind of wanted some dependability there, and that goes kind of to team building. So speaking upon team building, right? You don't want to build a team that's all upside only. You don't want to build a team that's all consistency with no upside. You got to have the balance because that's how you win. If you are all upside, you could have the best team in the league and lose to the worst team in the league if all your guys are volatile. This is why I do the consistency rankings in the draft sheets. Hopefully, I'll be able to do a Consistency Kings podcast. I know you guys really like that. It was among one of the most listened to episodes that I released last year. So I know it's a good hit. So hopefully, we can get to that. But that's what I got on Jarvis, right? He's not going to be crazy. If you're looking for upside, that's not the way to go because he doesn't really get that much better with Odell off the field if he even gets better at all. I don't really think he does. But he's a good, safe guy if you've got upside everywhere else. And now we get to talk about my boy, my my freaking guy, Donovan Peoples-Jones, DPJ. I had him ranked pretty much higher than anyone. I actually did not find one person on on Twitter or like in just the fantasy space or even non-fantasy, just ranking rookie wide receivers and like the draft class and stuff that had DPJ higher than I did. I loved him. Absolutely loved him. And guess what? He was the most efficient rookie wide receiver last year. Now, granted, it was with low volume and he's not going to be able to keep up that efficiency if he gets a true workload. I understand that. 
but this is a guy that you should be paying attention to. Rashad Higgins, or Rashard, Rashard Higgins, he was re-signed to a one-year, $2 million deal. Clearly not a priority. Clearly, they view Donovan Peoples-Jones as that third guy now. That shows the confidence they have in him. And he has the potential to become the number two if Odo Beckham starts some nonsense. He's a great late sleeper. He's a dynasty buy. Him and Henry Ruggs are the two rookies from last year that I think are so under the radar right now compared to what they should be valued at. You could get Donovan Peoples-Jones because Odell's back, right? Everyone says Odell's back. So his career should be like down the toilet, apparently. Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, oh, he's the wide receiver three in an offense that barely throws the ball. That's true, but I don't think he's going to be the wide receiver three for long. I don't think Jarvis and Odell are like the continued future for this franchise. And Donovan has been very good when he gets his targets. You could get him for a third round, definitely, a definite third round pick. You might be able to get him for a fourth. He might even be on a waiver wire. So pay attention to this guy. And I love the kid's talent. And I'm going to go give you guys my scouting report, all right? I'm literally going to read you guys my scouting report real quick. I'm not going to take long from him last offseason. Why? Because I still believe all of it to be true, all right? So this is what I wrote last year before he was drafted by the Browns when I was scouting the rookie class. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 6'2", 212, out of Michigan. NFL comparison, Allen Robinson. 40-yard dash, 4.48. Vertical jump, 44.5. Those are some elite numbers right there. Broad jump, 11 feet, 7 inches. That's also elite numbers. Strengths. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a receiver who plays with long speed and toughness at a good size. I like him more than most, as he shows his potential to win contested catches as well. He has excellent sideline awareness and body control, and he's able to make difficult catches outside of his frame. He tracks the ball well and fights with his hands effectively while jostling for position when the ball is in route. He ran a variety of routes at every level of the field and excels in space where he can rev up his speed and get moving. He has great run-after-catch vision and sets up blockers nicely. He was using the return game at Michigan and took a couple to the house. Peoples-Jones provides a good deep threat too. He combines toughness with his long speed, breaking through bad tackles, and staying on his feet when taking hits in the air. He blocks well and has that competitive mentality you love to see. He wants to score on every single play. I think Allen Robinson is a suitable comparison because of similar size, speed, toughness, and body control. Now, I talk about his concerns. While having good top speed, he lacks in acceleration and quickness, and thus is not very elusive to make people miss. He does not employ spins, hesitations, or jump cuts often, and struggles in smaller space where he can't get moving. Other than this, he has no concerns in regards to ball skills or route running or athleticism. He's just not a super dynamic, small, twitchy guy. His production line is underwhelming, but that is due to the offense ran at Michigan and the lackluster quarterback play he had to deal with. He was open and not seen far too often. And then I put in a little landing spot thing here. I said, Donovan Peoples-Jones will be used primarily as a big slot receiver. That's what I was thinking. I think a sleeper spot for him would be Arizona. If they look towards the trenches in round one, he would complete their receiving core, yada, yada, yada. So then I had a landing spot thing for him, right? And... Yeah, so Donovan Peoples-Jones, loved him, absolutely loved him. You can tell that from the report, and he's well worth a a buy or at least a look, at least give him a look because he has done absolutely nothing to prove 
my love for him to be wrong. If anything, he's reinforced it with his play so far. So you could even look up some highlights of Donovan Peoples-Jones. It'll, it'll be like a one-and-a-half-minute video because he only got like 30 targets or 20-something targets last year. But well worth your time, I promise. Now we'll talk about Austin Hooper, and then we'll wrap this up. Hooper, first of all, has a bad schedule for tight ends. Second of all, probably going to see a target decrease, a target share decrease. He had a 19% target share with Odell on the field. Donovan Peoples-Jones rising last year later on in the season should reduce this, along with the fact that rookie Harrison Bryant coming on towards the end of the season should take more targets in the second season away from Hooper. So I'm projecting, and Odell was healthy in the beginning of the season, right before all of this happened. So for those reasons, I think Cooper's going to see a huge drop in target share. I'm projecting 14%. With that said, let's get into the projections. Baker Mayfield, off 538 passes, I have 344 completions, 4,097 yards, 29 touchdowns, 150 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown. Odell Beckham, I have at 124 targets to Jarvis Landry's 113. Odell Beckham at 69 receptions. Yes, his catch rate was that bad. And I bumped it up from last year. 991 yards, 8 touchdowns. Jarvis Landry, 78 receptions, 974 yards, 5 touchdowns. So Landry getting about 10 more receptions, a little bit less yardage, and less touchdowns. Odell and Jarvis are at 12.7 and 12.1 points per game for me. Odell Beckham is right over Michael Pittman, right under Antonio Brown. Jarvis is right under Michael Pittman and right over Will Fuller. Baker Mayfield, by the way, he is at 17.7 points per game for me, so he's not really somebody I'm paying attention to at all. He's between Derek Carr and Zach Wilson. Not really worth drafting unless it's like super, super deep quarterback league. And I'm talking like if he's super, it's a super flex league, I would want him to be my quarterback three, not my quarterback two. But that's how I feel on Baker. Then we've got Austin Hooper. I have him at 75 targets, 50 receptions, 490 yards, four touchdowns. That brings him to 7.2 points per game. Pretty much not somebody I'm drafting at all. He is going to be under Cole Komet right over OJ Howard. Then we have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. These are really the guys that, outside of Jarvis, if I'm looking for dependability, that I would be interested in. Nick Chubb I have at 19 targets, Kareem Hunt at 51. Nick Chubb at 15 receptions to Kareem Hunt's 41. Nick Chubb at 128 receiving yards, Kareem Hunt at 331. And Kareem Hunt has four receiving touchdowns, Chubb zero. For rushes, Chubb 288 to Kareem Hunt's 192. Chubb 1,526 rushing yards, second so far behind Derrick Henry, and 13 rushing touchdowns. So 1,500 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns to Kareem Hunt's 800 rushing yards off 192 carries and five rushing touchdowns. So overall, Chubb, I have at... 1,650 total yards, 13 touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, I have at 1,100 yards total, 9 touchdowns. Pretty good for both of them. Nick Chubb is at 15.2 points per game. He's right between Clyde and Dobbins for me. And Hunt is at 12.4 points per game. And he's actually in his own tier. He's between Mike Davis and James Conner. So James Conner is like one of those you know secondary backs that's lower in ceiling unless somebody gets hurt. And then Mike Davis is like the last guy who's like a clear starter in air quotes. I'm just saying clear starter because like that's how it is for now. But we'll see what happens by the end of the season. But clear starter that's locked in for a bunch of volume, right? So Kareem Hunt is like right in between that because he's that secondary guy. 
but he's a secondary guy in an offense that gives so much to the secondary guy that it actually puts him into his own tier. And that's basically what I got. That's what I got, guys. So thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, take a look at DPJ. If you need dependability, take a look at Jarvis. Um, and if you're not worried about any Odell antics, he's not a terrible guy to target, but not really interested in Austin Hooper or Baker Mayfield for fantasy. Have a good one, guys. Drop a rating, drop a review, hit me up. Peace.